Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 17 of our Talking with Apes podcast. Today, we will talk about uh, the COP26 again, since we spent there two weeks. But we won't be talking about the inside event, the blue zone, the zone where all of the politicians came together. We will be talking about all of this stuff happening outside of the main event center. The more interesting stuff. One could say, in my yes. Opinion. Um, let's get into that uh, later. But... Uh, Let's just note, Keenan wasn't there, so today he will function as a bit of an interviewer. Yes, uh, I guess he. I, I really have no like. I I I know about the official stuff that happened, and I like I was in contact with you guys when you were there, so I know bits and pieces. But I am much more interested to hear now about the concrete stuff that happened outside. Yes, so maybe I'll just hand the mic over to you. Sure. And First you. of all, I'd like to thank our sponsors, which we have none of them. <laughs> if you'd like to sponsor this podcast, please shoot us a message. <laughs> please put us on the same level as the UN Green Zone of COP26, Unilever, IKEA, Land Rover. We're looking at you guys. <laughs> no, no. Yes. Um, so I've heard the term of... Um, I've, I've heard people characterize the, uh, the, the differences between the blue zone cop which is like the inside with all the politicians and the pavilions and the outside as the difference between the lizard cop and the human cop uh, the lizard being the derogatory term to the politicians and the lobbyists inside how do you think of that characterization is it fair i mean i mean <laughs> look since this is purely audio i am going to describe that i am Looking at Morgan now, afraid of how much I can say and not say. Well, where, where are the and sla- how much here? can I slander the the, the copying? Don't worry, you, you can you can uh, sully your own name. I'll just bring some nuance to it later. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a it's always a fun joke. Um, the there is a certain truth in it. Um, like we discussed last time, the, the the COP itself, the UN summit, let's call it the UN summit for, yeah. uh, to to distinct it uh, to distinguish it from the event, the from larger the people summit outside. It is an elitarian event. It is heads of state that meet, and those heads of states are not all heads of democracies. Um, actually, a minority of them are heads of democracies. Oh, and those I've democracies never actually thought about that. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I mean, Saudi Arabia is an absolute monarchy. How dare you slander so, Saudi Arabia? <laughs> yes, now we will not bet, get sponsored <laughs> Our by them. Our favorite but. nation. <laughs> um, you, but there is something uh, to be said about how elite. Uh, there is something to be said about how elitist the the COP itself is, the UN COP is, and uh, the event outside was uh, self was a self-proclaimed people summit. Uh, at least those events uh, organized by the COP26 coalition, a coalition of um, all kinds of action groups and citizen organizations, um, basically civil society of uh, Glasgow uh, and greater Scotland. You're talking about the people summit right now. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think we should also just make a quick... Over, give a quick overview. So you have the Blue Zone, which was in the Scottish Event Center. It was a huge event with over 10,000 people, among which um, politicians from over 300 nations. Uh, that's the event that Keenan uh, described as the Lizard People's Event. That's uh, not how I personally describe it. It's just I've heard it described that yes, way. Um, then there was the Green Zone, which is supposed to be a bridge between uh, everyday civilians and uh, whatever happens in the COP blue zone. Um, unfortunately, there is quite some greenwashing going on there. A lot of walrus companies. counting. Uh, yes. Walrus that is, counting. That is, we, you can ask a question about that later. Okay. And then there is uh, the most grassroots thing, um, which is the People's Summit. Mm. And within the People's Summit, there is every evening a reoccurring event called the Movement Assembly. This is a space where all movements um, come together to discuss a topic or like to have a review on the day 
and uh, shine a light on a specific minority that is present or is not present at COP. Um, so, for example, um, it's it's it's. Uh, not necessarily minority as a certain aspect of the of the movement a certain aspect on which climate change overlaps with other struggles and other issues yeah true like workers rights were also a topic one day but most of them were like a minority of like okay you had the disabled uh, day you had let's just say everyone but the bourgeoisie Yes. Uh, and this, this space is kind of created in order to bring people from movements that are able to enter the blue zone together with people from movements that are not able to enter the blue zone and to have a review of that day to discuss what has been said and to um, realign uh, our strategies to be as impact impactful as possible within COP. Okay, so the blue zone, the green zone, which is supposed to be the bridge, and the people's zone. Does it have a summit? summit. summit. Does it have a color? It does not have a color. A rainbow would be A red zone for all the leftists. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Sure. (laughs) Okay, so, and that, they had, within that, they had the, the movement assembly, Yes, yes. Within, is, the uh, within the People's Summit, there is a movement assembly. Okay, thanks. The People's Summit is like a bigger event with like, they have workshops, they have, uh, you know, Lectures. talks, discussions, panels. But every evening, it's like this constant of a moment where people from all the zones come together that are part of like movements. And you guys were uh, present in the blue zone, the green zone. At least I know Morgan. Yes. Um, so the first week, uh, Morgan went to the blue zone, um, and uh, Kato and I were on the uh, outside following uh, activities. Yeah, as we discussed outside. last week. Yes, and then the second week it switched. Okay, just like a refresher. If you want to know more about that, because it's the blue zone, you can yes. listen to the episode of last week. Yes, just a refresher of memory of where our reporters were. And then the green zone, Tom and Kato visited. Yes. Um, the the I did not uh, visit the green zone myself. I visited the People Summit more frequently. I mean, we can start with the green zone. Yes, um, because there is not that much to Mic say about drop. it. Honestly, um, if you want an idea of what the green zone looked like and felt like, imagine a science fair. Uh, mixed with like uh, uh, a climate uh, change version of Comic Con or something. <laughs> um, no, it's seriously, it is open for all audiences. You just need to buy a ticket and it showcases some um, scientific projects, some art installations, some uh, um, initiatives by both a few citizen organizations and companies. Um, so you do have, for example, PlayStation. Um, EA Games, etc., have a stand there with uh, how they work towards being net zero in 2030 or something. I heard that the reactions of your uh, fellow activists were quite mixed, right? Yeah, um, because on the one hand, there is some science stuff there, and um, there were a few interesting lectures uh, given and movies shown, especially uh, a series of short films on... Uh, the experiences of indigenous communities in the Amazon uh, forest were very interesting, very emotionally, uh, you know, impactful. Uh, but you do have the big companies there as well, you know, the IKEA, Unilever, and Land Rovers as as three big sponsors, for example. And then um, there is a few events uh, there that are a bit questionable, like. Um, the walrus from space event, uh, which was a way too long explanation on how you can help count the walrus population on satellite images. But so the green zone invites you almost with the idea of being a part of the the COP26, even if you don't have a blue blue zone badge. Um, But it disappoints in, in, in that, I think, because people are very far away, probably, you could say completely away from the politics of it. And that's, I believe, or I heard what a lot of the other activists were disappointed by, the fact that there was nothing political about that green zone. 
no politicians would visit from the blue zone, try to maybe give a couple of talks because that did happen. Uh, I've seen politicians go there, visit talks, or um, you know, try to maybe youth wash also a bit. Yeah. You know, something we discussed in the last podcast. So yeah, that did happen. But I think what Tom means by it not being political is that the topics that were portrayed were not about how we can we make political change, even though. COP26 is a very political event. Yeah, like he did describe it as a science fair. So these like ideas and let's save the whales by using science. Or yeah, something. and and you do get a, f- a few uh, very interesting um, stands which concern themselves with that. Um, but it doesn't go into policies. No. It doesn't go which do get. Uh, discussed at the at the blue zone as you as we talked about last time, you you still have discussion on policies and things like that in the pavilions of the countries. Um, this does not have that degree in the green zone. And uh, they did just have a, a very fun bouncy castle, which we weren't allowed to call a bouncy castle, uh, which filters CO two. Uh, Interesting. I definitely advocate for every like shopping mall or something having one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask, like you say, it's it's distance, very remote from politics. I know this is like a maybe a relevant question, but was there a big physical space between the blue zone and the green zone? Like, did you have to walk a lot to move around the zones? I know the venue is very big. They were located pretty much near each other, but there, there was, was a no river in between. Yes, literally a, a river in between. There was a river in between, though it was right on the other side. You had to cross a bridge and you did, you know, the axis was on the complete opposite side. Um, there was no, for as far as I know, way to move from the blue zone into the green zone or something. No, the no, two it's, were two it's separate, separate completely buildings. separate events. Yeah, I think like that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a very telling um, thing. Okay, that's the green zone, which um, I think is is pretty clear. It's the middle ground. It's um, some companies can participate in that. Unilever and IKEA you mentioned, which is funny because Unilever usually does not um, does not appear. They 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 prefer to put their delegates on t- stuff. They don't like people to be reminded that Unilever even exists. It's just a supplier of many 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 goods. <laughs> Okay, so that's the green zone. Um, talk to me about the People's Summit, the uh, the red zone, as we're codenaming it. <laughs> okay, so the People's Summit was all about inclusivity. So there, all tickets were free, uh, as far as I know. There might have been some event where they had to buy materials and you had to pay like two euros. But as far as I know, everything was free. You could just go online, uh, book tickets for any event you wanted to attend, um there was usually there was space enough for people to attend those events um and then you went there and uh if at all possible they would provide translation in for example spanish and french um they would and english of course would be the main language um they would try to make it as accessible to people with any sort of handicap as possible. They would, um, you know, as I mentioned, free. So it's it's price wise, and not it ran an in in parallel to the events of the COP. Like, uh, was it like something that would happen after in the evening, or did it happen? Um, it happened every every day at five. Um, no, that was the movement assembly. That's the That's movement assembly um, specifically, um, which isn't. The, the people's co- summit the blue was zone, all day. Yeah, so since the blue zone doesn't really close until God knows how late in the evening, it was pretty or much open in the morning. The yeah, um, it didn't really happen after, but it was in the movement assembly was, for example, at a point in time when most people could have had a full day at the blue zone and also return or the green zone and and, and return to the city center where it was held, uh, and. Besides that, the People's Summit ran in parallel uh, or in opposition, depending on what you would uh, choose yeah, uh, as a word, with the with the uh, the Green Zone and Blue Zone, so with the UN COP. And uh, is there yeah, but there was summit. no there was no collaboration. It's a completely independent. Yes, it's event. in parallel. It's, but at it's, the same time, you have uh, 
People summit events as you have events in those two. And in summit. the first week, it was you and Kato moving around. And is there any standouts you would like really to talk about from the People's Summit? Um, I think the biggest standout for me was the uh, were if I do we count the protests as part of the People's Summit? Mm. Mm. Ah, no. that's difficult no, I also don't think so though it was the same but we will talk about the protests yeah. later the biggest standout for me in that first week was the people uh, was the movement uh, assembly uh, which uh, was organized with the trade unions uh, so it was a movement assembly on work and trade unions which trade unions are we talking like European trade unions Belgian there trade were, Scottish uh, trade Scottish unions Scottish trade unions there was also an African trade union uh, representative um, American American wow. yes it was uh, yeah Morgan was there as well on that nice. day so yeah um, I think the the trade union uh, one really stood out to me uh, when it comes to movement assemblies also, there was one about decolonization, which was very good. Also, uh, speakers from all over the world were there, Africa, America, Europe. Um, and then there was a day around accessibility, which really stood out to me because it was something that I hadn't thought about as much as maybe the other topics because the other ones are usually much louder um so things were discussed like how can we be as language inclusive as possible towards people that don't speak english how can we um be you know like make every building accessible for people to, with uh, less with yeah to to everyone and how cop is feeling at that as yeah. well um how can we be inclusive towards all and, gender uh, identities and well, stuff you know what form did these discussions make was it like talks lectures by people well it was form? basically speeches so they would invite several speakers every day the first speaker would always be someone that attended the blue zone that day and they would give a big a, a quick recap of the day you said um, recap recap yes well it's just it's a very ironic mistake <laughs> And um, then it was followed by, or as they said it themselves, they handed the stage over to the to uh, organizations or representatives of the specific subject. Yeah, uh, and it was the it. There were some intermissions where the audience was encouraged to brainstorm about the topics and to talk to each other, to network with each other. You know, there were these tables with big papers on them, and and how many people are we talking? It was a Baptist church, so it was a it was a, a good. Decent-sized, medium-sized church, around full hundred of people. people. Nice. That that's like, that's pretty decent. And it was pretty much full every yeah every evening. Yeah. I believe. So very nice. Um. So that's uh. It it was a different theme for every day. You mentioned the colonization, yes. uh, the accessibility, the gender inclusivity. Yeah, which, I think uh, I think Tom has the themes with him. Yeah, so um, if we uh, give a little bit of an overview. So uh, it was uh, opened on the Sunday, the 31st uh, of October. Um, <clears throat> and uh, from that day on, we have movement assemblies. So uh, the 1st of uh, November, uh, it was uh, climate justice uh, strategy, uh, as well as the 2nd of November. Then we have economic uh, justice. The 4th, it is work uh, and uh, unions. The fifth, it is uh, the Feminist Movement Assembly. Um, Saturday the 6th was the Global Day of Action. So that was the big protest uh, by the COP26 coalition. So no Movement Assembly then. Uh, Sunday, also uh, not, a, not an assembly because that was a day of rest for both summits. Um, Monday, you have Climate Reparations and Decolonization. Um the ninth, you have indigenous, uh, the indigenous movement assembly. Uh, Wednesday, that one was tenth, also very good. You have access and disability, and the eleventh, yeah. you have the youth movement assembly, um, and then the twelfth, you have uh, a climate justice uh, movement strategy at the end again. Um, but that was also the closing event. Yes, that, uh, where uh, there was a lot of comments on the carbon general. Yeah, so those really 
those together with the strikes were really the the stuff that held everyone together it like kept us sane yes. in one, this one big part of the movement assemblies was the energy it gave to 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 the activists present uh because it's totally different vibes than the blue zone definitely definitely um One, because of the subjects and the way it was organized, uh, you were encouraged to think and, and con- contribute, um, but also just simply because of the, of the energy that was there, you, you know, it, was, it was to empower people, to make them feel... I mean, that, that's really nice to hear. Upbeat, um. to, to, to feel hopeful, um, whereas the other one and dragged you down a bit more. Um, cooperative I, I, versus competitive. Yeah, if I can say so. I, yeah, that's I, a good. That's a good way. Of I putting. don't follow this view, but I, I've I've heard a lot of people say this and like uh, basically always bring up this point when it comes to um, the two summits. They would be like, "Well, the people in the blue zone are actually trying to find solutions. That's why it's a bit depressing. While the people in the public people summit are just complaining or are just trying to highlight the problem." Um, from your experience, was that actually true? Isn't people in the People's Summit actually also working to solutions? You want I, to go first yeah. on that one? Um, I mean, I've visited, I think, more than five People's Summits, and I've heard more solutions being uh, expressed there than I've heard in two weeks of like Blue Zone negotiations. Um it like the the solutions are there. They're with the people. People are already employing the solutions to combat climate change and to combat these social issues. Um but of course the reason why the blue zone is competitive is because it is really hard to get those solutions implemented. implemented. So yes, and No, like no, yeah. the 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 people summit is is very solution oriented, and it's not at all about complaining. Yes, complaining might be a part of it, but it's more about uh, it's calling out the problems before giving a solution, as you would do with any in any and expressing project, discontent, you know? which is a very civil right. It's, yeah, there's like, a lot of discontent with how things are going. And if you if like if you look at how any idea is created, you have a problem, and then you look for a solution, right? So Indeed. it's important. It's an important part of the process to call out the problem, to create a thesis of oh shit, we have a problem, and then to find a solution for it. And I think the People's Summit did a really good um, job at that. Um, and I think in the Blue Zone there were also some really good attempts at that. But they just got muddled with so much negotiations and so much. Um, it's understandable. It's politics. Yeah, it's it's, it's understandable. Um, I don't think that the blue zone is useless. I think it it has its uh, opportunities, but they are limited, and you have to really know who to talk to and at what moment. And it's, it's all so complex that it's really hard to get any sort of overview of it, which is incredibly frustrating. That's why the bad vibes, the, the, the sucking of energy, if you yeah. will, yes. uh, of the activists who would like, I talked a lot to, to, to a lot of people who were in the blue zone and if they were only at the blue zone, it was a very draining experience. Yeah, like in the blue zone, everyone is fighting to get one comma moved and like they, they are there for two weeks to, to get one word in into the final text if possible in any way like that's like a huge achievement if you can actually get anything into the final text as you say it's a, it's uh, in in the UN summit they're dealing with politics because there are the difference between the two is the people summit is an is almost an, an idealized bubble Yes. It, but it's still a, it's it's good and it's wonderful and it's a good project and definitely should happen and it's a it's a good vision to have uh, to work towards but it is still a bubble. The UN summit is dealing with actual conflicting interests, the reality, actual politics, actual also representatives depending on certain things that they have promised. For example, if you're a politician, if you're a government, 
minister being present at the UN summit, you probably have a government agreement which you need to keep to. So you, you have to maneuver within those lines already. And then you have to go and deal with a country with conflicting interests. You have all the politics of the world added on a pile. So if you would take that responsibility, those conflicting interests and those things, and you would put them in the people's summit, that would also be a lot less hopeful. It might... The, 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 very, the different structure in which it is organized might create a less depressing atmosphere maybe because it is more yeah, solution-oriented. It's, it's just not about the vibe. It's but not it's just still about the going, vibe. Yeah. yeah, you would still get a way less utopian people summit because the one, one is dealing with power politics and the other is not necessarily. I don't personally know, think it's a shame because like people in the people summit are clearly very motivated and like Morgan said, are very solution-oriented. It's just, it seems like two different circles that don't have any overlap. And the green zone was supposed to be this overlap, I guess, or like that's the plan. It's just how can we put these people who are really solution-oriented and are really motivated, like, should yeah, they I just work in... Yeah, that was the big frustration that yeah. was taken away from the, uh, from the green zone. People came there and they thought, there would be something, something to voice your solution, something to voice your opinion, but there was nothing like that. There were projects presented and that was it. Yeah, I think that's a real missed opportunity because clearly the people, the the unions, uh, the, the movements uh, representing assembly, truly did like try to do discussions and come up with like something they could present the green zone maybe maybe something they could present to politicians but um, i mean they did on the on the last day of yeah maybe you talk about that yeah, yeah so on the on the last day uh, well the official last planned day of the cop uh, because of course they then continue to run uh, uh, late with negotiations but on the last uh, planned day um, the uh, cop 26 coalition and uh, the various constituencies of the un so Groups uh, that the UN interacts with to check, like how how does this sound? What are your interests, etc. Um, they took over the plenary uh, room. They well, they booked it, so <laughs> nah, that, that they didn't storm in or anything. So, but they uh, had booked a plenary room. They filled it completely with civil society present at the blue zone. And each constituency gave a speech. The COP twenty six coalition gave a speech on the problems they see with the UN summit, the way it is structured, the process, the outcome of it, or the outcome that was at that point um, seen and, and expected. Um, and then they did a big walkout together um, to make clear that they do not support or are not in agreement with the way things are going. Um, so... Yeah, yes, they try to present it, but they... At least it's it's a unified, organized show of unsatisfaction. I mean, the ideal way to, to bring these two together is, uh, as Kato also uh, talked about with us uh, in Glasgow, to use the Green Zone as an actual, you know, moment and, and place of input from the wider population to harvest collective wisdom, you know, of... of the trade unions in dealing with specific uh, work-related stuff of uh, disability organizations. And that does uh, sound nice, to, but do you th get that I don't think there's even like the intention it. of doing that. No, of course not, because Saudi Arabia is not in the business of suddenly becoming a democracy. Exactly. This and is, if you really want that wisdom, that collective wisdom to be used, and we will need it, we kind of need to... And you don't need to limit it to a two-week uh, time limit. This needs to be also. an ongoing... Um, harvesting of wisdom, as you put it, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a real missed opportunity. But um, what about you know? Um, do remind me, like one of the last things about the cop was uh, the hope to abolish gas, was it, or like abolish um, coal? Coal, but it did not end up that way. Um, one country vetoed it. Was it um, India? India. Um, in in the civil society and like the assembly movements, uh, did you meet any Indian representatives, uh, delegates? Well, the thing is, the time when this really became a pressing issue, and the time when India really went in and vetoed this, was when everyone had already left Glasgow. 
It was such a such a such a an underhanded backstab. It's like ooh, sneaky. Um, we didn't meet any any Indian people at the people summit. At least I didn't with Kato. I didn't, as far as I remember, I didn't. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of people. You can't have met everybody, but yes, obviously. Um, but we did talk with uh somebody before we went to Glasgow. Uh, we actually had an online call with uh somebody from India. Uh, somebody, uh, I believe a farmer. Uh, I believe he's a farmer. Uh, John Paul. Um. And uh, when we were discussing the COP and his expectations for the COP, uh, it wasn't necessarily the coal that was on his mind, rather than um, the agricultural policy, the policies uh, that deal with adaptation and mitigation uh, for uh, in relationship to, for example, the monsoon, uh, because the entire weather pattern is getting... Uh, out of out of the getting uh, fucked. Yes, getting Let's fucked. Let's be real. It's not fun being a farmer right now. No, and there is also very little talk about how to actually work on those issues. And you and you get like symbolic issues like the 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 abolishing of of the usage of coal, um, which get down graded to uh, diminishing the use of coal. I do find that but a bit... Do you, it's do you also think a very specific issue. Well, yeah, the, the text said phase out, phase and now out. they said phase down. Yes. To, um, but that's also a very specific thing, again, because you do have a, a lot of Western countries which are not reliant anymore on coal themselves, who have an easier time saying that than the rest of the world. It's a symbolic so, issue of how... Westernized countries and people who already like countries who already went through that period of using so much coal. Now we don't need it anymore, and now you can't use it anymore because it's bad. Yeah, like after after that was altered in the text, uh, Timmermans uh, from the EU. Actually, Who's Timmermans? Just for context, he is the EU. Um, he's, a, he's from the Commission. He's commission? from the EU Commission. <laughs> Call it the uh, the government between brackets of the EU. Okay. The European Union executive. And and he said that um, Europe will, of course, stick with the sentence of phase out of coal and that he is so disappointed that this will not be uh, something that is adapted by all of the world. Which, from his perspective, is, you know, I, I agree with him that everyone should, of course, phase out coal, but it is, of course, easier for him yeah. to say that. It's not that heroic a of a take. It is Especially not that. Especially if, at the yeah. same time, they're not funding the other countries that are, that need to make this leap. Uh, and since, from, since Paris, they from, did promise them to, to, to gather out of funds to help with that yeah, leap, which did not happen. These countries that need to make this industrial leap with, uh, while at the same time skipping fossil fuels uh, and, and immediately going to renewable ways of producing energy, they're not getting the funding they need from the Western countries that pledged to fund their, their industrialization no. uh, in order for them to skip that uh, fossil fuel uh, step, yeah, it's, so it's a, symbolically I, speaking, it's a very uh, if it's a, it's a bit of an iffy issue. I've heard a lot of takes about how uh, um, Europe or countries who already used a lot of coal is like painting uh, third world countries, quote unquote, as the bad guy. They're the ones using coal, and the coal issue, like you said, it's a very symbolic issue at the moment. I mean, personally, I think the agreement should have said that we have to phase out coal and phase out um, fossil, fossil fuel? fuels and yes. that there can be no more investment in any new fossil fuel uh, projects, especially within Europe or the US, and that any projects that have already been greenlit but that are not under construction yet should not happen. Uh, that would have been the dream. Yes. Yeah, but obviously, Timmermans and everybody from Europe can't really make that claim very boldly as they did with coal because now we have gas being built gas yeah, lines exactly we, we know from the from the episode we did on on the hydrogen policy that the EU is massively investing in its gas infrastructure yes. and that everything that is greenlit so far would I mean, put yeah. us still over the limits of our of our carbon I mean, budget Belgium is replacing two so. nuclear plants with a new gas line so that yeah. we can talk about this in another episode or something but 
Um, back yes, to the back to the outside events. Yes, back to the yes. outside events. So we talked about the organized events, if you will, the uh, talking, the assembly of the movements, the people summit, the different panels. Yes, uh, we haven't talked about the protests and the strikes yet. The protest was also very much organized. Oh, oh definitely. I'm not saying it happened spontaneously. I mean, it's looking not a ri- at the size it was a of it, flash mob. It's, it's not <laughs> a riot. Do this casually now and then. It's like High School Musical. Yes, we exactly. Just all get together and then we sing. We're all in this. Okay, no more than twelve seconds. So we 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 have to pay probably. Um, <laughs> not with our forces. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. Unrecognizable. <laughs> the algorithm won't detect us. Don't worry. <laughs> So uh, there were two big protests. The first one was the uh, was on Friday uh, of the first week. It was the uh, FFF protest. It was a Fridays for Future protest. Um, I believe that was twenty five thousand people. Did you? Uh, any, did any of you strike. participate in that? Yes, uh, it was. Very, it was amazing. It was actually an amazing uh, end of the first week to begin with. Yes, it um, was very fun. And Lots good speeches of in the end. Amazing speeches um, of indigenous communities of uh, actually some people we later got to uh, no. get to know. Yes, uh, the Colombian uh, Colombians. Yes, um, and Brazilians. As well. And the Brazilians also speeched. Yes, I, I mean they one. they translated for the indigenous Brazilians who speak. Ah, yes. Uh, some yeah, uh, indigenous communities uh, made some speeches, very good speeches because it was really somebody that had a good sense of rhetoric because you could the, she, I believe it was a girl and she really controlled the crowd even though I think the majority of people there didn't understand anything because she wasn't speaking Spanish or Portuguese um, but you really felt the the emotion in the words uh, etc. Uh, there was also a guy uh, from uh, the trade unions again and from, uh, from the University of, uh, of Glasgow who gave a very powerful speech about uh, the relationship between uh, poverty and climate change, and who tried to, to pop the bubble of like, oh, poor people don't care about climate <laughs> change, like they they just want their their diesel car to to work, etc., etc. I'm and just a farmer. Like, I have no time to care about climate change. Exactly. It's like. No, you know, if you look at the list of people who live in more polluted places and in, and whose uh, they're the ones who care most about climate change, and whose houses need isolation the most, etc. Those things, um, and it was uh, also very powerful. Um, there was a call which we maybe should repeat. Uh, What's a call? Uh, there was a call to action from the FFF International Group um, to help uh, and look into helping, uh, those activists, uh, in Afghanistan that are currently stuck with no place to go, uh, while also being, uh, hunted basically by the Taliban. Um, they are, um, yeah, right. Also check out our episode on Afghanistan. <laughs> yes. Um, so who are basically, um, stuck there and because of the uh, activism they did are at risk of uh, being abducted, killed, hurt. Um, uh, basically anything uh, you can do to help would be nice. Uh, like look into whether or not they could get a visa or something in your country. Um, we pushed it on one of our politicians, but he was unresponsive. Paul Magnet. <clears throat> but well, you tried. that's a story for another time. So that's uh, Fridays for uh, that's the uh, Fridays for Future protest. Yes. Um, talk, um, then there was the big protest. Yes. yes. But uh, going back to the small protest, quote unquote, um, there was a lot of reports of um, police harassment. The Scottish police wasn't really cooperative. I don't know if I've heard these reports about the big protest you're about to talk about, or did it also happen with uh, the smaller protest? From your experience, maybe. Like, did you see anything bad? Was it? Well, I remember in the small protest, it was, as far as I remember, um, it was, the police was extremely aggressive. As in, the press did, like, it was very hard to get any pictures. But I'm not sure, I think it was, it might have been the big protest. Like... Honestly, I don't. I'm not certain. I remember when I sent you the message 
I remember the big protest had a big police presence, uh, an incredible police presence. I, what the pictures you were seeing were uh, with the youth protest, I believe. Yes. More than 10,000 police officers were on duty on some days of the COP26. Yeah, but I mean, the entire blue zone alone was a military fortress, which if you got close to it, you you would immediately see the the shining uh, the jackets of the of the British police uh, present everywhere. Um, one mom, one day I was waiting too long in the same place, and I got a cop asking me uh, what I was doing there, and then starting to very casually inquire as to whether or not I might be planning something as an <laughs> activist. It was not very subtle. If you um, were to assassinate a politician, who would it be? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> stuff Casual. like that. Like, are you just waiting for somebody here? Um, are they running a bit late? <laughs> are you with a certain organization? Why are you here exactly? So it was like a mini interrogation. Um, very casual. Well, what, what, what protest was but it on Friday? The Friday ones, the Fridays for Future protests, the youth protests. Oh, right. Yeah. So on, on the Friday, in the Friday protests, the police, uh, like in front of the protests, they would have motorbikes and they would drive in on the press if they wouldn't move fast enough. Um, there were people from XR also pushing people from the press around. Like, I just remember this because I was in the press area that they. You got pushed around. Yes, and I I saw I saw someone from XR pushing a camera almost to the ground. Oh yeah, you told me like one yeah. of the expensive professional exactly. cameras. And then there was like the police who was basically as aggressive, and the 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 motorcycles who would just drive in front of the the protest and who would like you know like do like the vroom vroom and yeah. you know push people away and stuff and it was you know i get i get wanting to uh protect the protesters and i think that's super important of course as an activist myself um but i also think it was a very um provocative it was just a very aggressive Hard atmosphere yeah um you know i mean but um like Speaking with how many people were there and uh, like how different ethnicities, different nationalities, there has been like there hasn't been any like news of violence of or riots or anything. It was no, it was no. pretty chill. There's two protests from at least from the from the side of the uh, activists themselves seem to have gone very peacefully, very yeah. You know, very and calmly. like I remember like the reason I, I was so shocked by this was I was thinking like if they're treating press like this, how are they treating like XR. you know, like people who <laughs> yeah. are maybe being a bit mischievous in the protest or something. There is no room for mischief here, sir. But the protest I mean the climate protests are always very peaceful of themselves. There's not you don't get a a, a shitload of things like little bombs going off or, or like no. how how are they called like little fireworks going off or, or flare guns or so, flares or something I mean I did fire. see some flares there was like a handful of them if you yeah, go to a, any union protest you have that happen every two seconds yeah, yeah. You can in, count in some it, countries like, or in some situations sometimes the police are a bit provocative to incite a bit more like something like a union strike or something more like Black Lives Matter last summer. Overall, I think also because of the size, especially during the second protest, but also the first one, they were, for what from what I could tell, in, in the main protest themselves, they didn't do anything there. Okay, we've uh, been teasing about seen. the second big protest for a while. Talk to more me about than a hundred thousand. I think, like, I just want to, I just want to touch upon what you said. Um, the... The thing that the Scottish police does do, and which they're very known for, is uh, kettling in people. Like, you know, they, they form a circle around a group, mm. and then they start arresting the people within that group. And it's a technique used in the UK and in Scotland very often. And it's um, something that... But it's, it's something that happened mostly with, like, smaller groups that were protesting outside of the announced big strike... Mm. Um, but yes, it was the same day and it happened there too. And that's the reports you've been hearing about. And it also happened, um, 
with uh, XR protests that were outside of COP, like outside of the Blue Zone. Yes. In front of the Blue Zone, there would sometimes be protests and those were shut down extremely harsh. Like I was next to that twice, really insane amounts of police officers, like 50 officers for 50 people protesting, you know, like... And imagine like of those 50 protesters, you had like 10 being grandpas and grandmas. And, and 10 being like children. Yes. And like children, children, like 12 year olds. Yeah. Like, that's it, so, I'm going to grandma with my So there's like no like way you get times. out, you know, like you, you're just, you're just surrounded by police. And the and only thing you can do is like, please let me out, please let me out. And then hope that they will let you out. And what the police making arrests? Was it? Yeah, they, they arrested people. But it was usually, as I said, like XR people that um, kind of are... N- known to outside the arrest them. Yeah. Especially yeah. the British XR, Extinction yeah. Rebellion in Gre- it started in Great Britain and it is very, it is strong and big there. Yeah. And the police have been cracking down on them. Let's say there's been some feud. Than, for example, the Belgian yeah. ones. So, yes, the yeah. police probably are also more wary of XR in Great Britain in the UK than they would be in Belgium, for example. Yeah. Um, which, of course, still doesn't make it okay what they do. No, no, definitely not. But so the big protest. Yeah, the big protest. So how many people were there? 100,000. Was it more? More. More, yeah. more than that. But then the fact that we hit that number is beautiful. Um, that is a crazy amount of people. It was the biggest protest in Scotland. Yes, there was a youth block. There was a farmer's block. There was a trade union's block. There was a... Uh, what, what else? What else was there? There was a, uh, an anti-capitalist LGBT block, LGBT block, block, feminist block, probably. I, yeah, I think so. It it had all the blocks, all the blocks. Beautiful castle of Lego. Yes, exactly. And um, what was it? A walk? Was it a strike? Was it a, a march? It happened on Saturday, so it was a. It was a, uh, Was not a strike. It was just a march. Um, and it, it was a big and very long march as well, uh, which ended in what can almost be described as a festival. Uh, it it wow. ended up on this big, like, green hilly space in a park with a, with a podium which was way too small in hindsight <laughs> for most people to come in. Um, and if you would look at the mass, especially at the end, you would think you're at, like, a, a big festival, like a concert, yeah, like Rockwerchter, we which we have in Belgium, or or like even like a stage like Tomorrowland or something. Wow! And, and you both participated, Ankato, and yes, h- how was the vibe? I mean, the stage wasn't really Tomorrowland. No, the stage wasn't. It was oh, way wait, too small, wait, but wait, the crowd wait. was. But uh, actually, the stage uh, there was a there was a onweer. I don't know the English. A storm. A yeah. storm. Yes. There was a storm, and that's why they had to close the big stage and uh, improvise ah, with a small okay. stage. I heard this because I was there early, and they were like setting it up, and they were talking to press about like, yes. "Oh, sorry, we have this small, tiny stage." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, it it was it was wonderful. The XR was present in 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 a massive. Uh, group very colorful very beautiful the there was a bunch of anti-capitalist groups very interesting one of them immediately one one anarcho-syndicalist group was preemptively surrounded by police what the in fuck, that forum man, that is so fucked up um i think the police walked with them in the march to surround the, surrounding them police it for climate yeah <laughs> no i don't want them there <laughs> just like i don't want them in the pride it's weird um, but yeah, it was it was amazing. It was wonderful to see. I mean, they can walk in the pride. They just <laughs> have to make it kinky. <laughs> well, oh, see, that's a different. Yeah, that's a different kind <laughs> of policeman. <laughs> it's a different type of policeman. Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then they are welcome. <laughs> Those police are welcome. The others not. Um, I mean, we have a beautiful, we have some beautiful imagery of Kato, uh, the climate activist, talking with a drag queen while in the while in the background. You see, like a trade union balloon passing by. So that is amazing. That's a scene. I haven't seen this. It it's a scene like where else could you have gotten a, a scene like that? Would you have gotten a video clip like that? Yeah, it was extremely uh, okay. uplifting. 
Uh, that's really nice to hear because I remember like at the end of the cup, people were starting to get ready. So even you guys, like after two weeks away from home with the politics yeah, yeah. and everything. I think everyone cried at least twice in oh, that. Oh my God. That yes. is so cute. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I wasn't there. I'm just, I would have probably also cried. It's just like, it seems like a very, you know, it's a communal activity. It's, it's mm-hmm. people sharing this one sense of motivation and like we're here for the same reason from literally all around the world, other than the places that couldn't be there because of like yes. COVID and um, people who didn't have the advantage or the privilege to be there. We've, we, you guys have talked to some people who literally put a lot of money to just be there um, from less fortunate. The, the huge block in the big movement and the big uh, protest was also headed by the MAPA, the most affected peoples and areas, uh, representatives of them. Uh, they were also going very hard. Uh, they were they were very energetic, um, but yeah, it it was incredible to see so many groups which often get portrayed in the media as conflictuous, like the farmers and the climate movement. Yeah, uh, I thought the, like it reminds me of the coal miners and the gays in the yeah yeah in the, the in movie Pride. Pride. Yeah, yes. you should really watch that movie. It's yes, it it gives based on a real story. Yes, and I think it's also in Scotland, right? It is in Scotland. Um, no, it's in Wales, actually. Oh, okay. Isn't Welsh. that the same thing? Oh, <laughs> don't. I, 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 I'm taking the role of a brown boy here <laughs> to, to your uh, whiteness. <laughs> You're like, aren't all these Europeans the same? <laughs> They're all white. They all look They're the same to me. <laughs> um, yes, so... Um, it's uh, hilarious. It's touching. It's a... Beautiful yes, movie. and if it gives you a very good uh, idea of the vibe we're talking about, of these yes. different struggles coming together and being so much stronger together. Also, if you ever have that question of like, oh, but how do we work together with different movement? This is an example. It's a very yeah. concrete example. It's a very, very concrete example. Do as example. these people yeah. do. <laughs> yes, I think maybe that's a good note to end this uh, talk on I yeah, think I think we've talked about everything yeah yes. the outside events of COP were all about this it was all about combining our strengths as activists of all different movements and you know it was about fighting equality, the bourgeoisie democracy. coming together as humans yes. and yeah this is gonna affect farmers it's gonna affect all of us um, yes. there like just two days ago there was a tornado in the US that yes um Yeah, it destroyed the full town. So, and like this is, these natural disasters, quote unquote natural, are gonna get worse. The floods in Wallonia are getting worse. And uh, yes. it's it's here. Like climate yeah. change is not this like conceptual, th- far away threat. You can literally see the consequences yeah. now. So for a call to action, um, get people together, organize your local assemblies, organize your local down streets, neighborhoods. Yeah, and, and try to make them as accessible as possible and exactly. try to incorporate as many struggles as possible because together you're much stronger. And also, of course, like, subscribe. Oh my God, this <laughs> sounds like such a big salad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> subscribe to the podcast. And to all of the company. No. <laughs> Give us money. We would money. like to thank our sponsors uh, <laughs> we w- that don't exist. We will call you carbon neutral if you give us money. No, 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 <laughs> no. We're not going to lie for you. <laughs> okay. See you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.